Pastor Doug here from Crossroads. It's great to be with you. I hope that today's message will draw you closer to Jesus. Good morning. My name is Dawn Groff, and I overpack when I travel. Now, this is notorious for me. I can go away for just a weekend, and I always overpack. And I always bring clothes home with me that I've never even worn on the trip. You see, I will go into my closet, and I will pack everything for cold weather, warm weather, tepid weather, hot weather, freezing weather, rainy weather, and any other wedding that might be, at every other weather, that might be on my vacation. And I've gotten quite good at overpacking, but I'm not so proud of it. It's not a good thing because the heavy weight of my luggage has actually been harmful to others. (laughs) Our family went on a cruise years ago. And my big, strong, strapping husband, who is used to carrying brick and block and stone almost every day, He actually threw his back out carrying my luggage from the car to the ship. And if you asked him, Steve, why did you hurt your back carrying your luggage? He would say it's because Dawn had way too many shoes packed. (laughs) And he needed to spend days in the ship's infirmary getting shots in his bum to alleviate the pain on that trip. Traveling light. Sure, sometimes we think about traveling light at vacation time, but have you ever thought about traveling light at Christmas? Throughout the year, it's amazing how much of the wrong stuff we accumulate throughout the year. We accumulate hurt and disappointments. We accumulate frustration from unrealistic expectations, and we accumulate pain so much pain. And in a crowded, busy Christmas season, it's common for us to carry that baggage from the year with us into the holiday. But God, he never intended for life to be so heavy. So today and next week, we'll talk about freeing up some of that space in our life and just lightening the load a bit. We have just a few short weeks until Christmas arrives. And You know, you might already be feeling some of the heaviness from your year, and it weighs you down like an overpacked suitcase, and there's no room for God. So I want us to go to God and ask for help so that we can travel light this Christmas and then for many, many Christmases to come. God's solution for entering Christmas with peace and with a heart that is ready for him is simple. Let go of the baggage and travel light. So today we're going to talk about letting go of stuff. And next Sunday we'll dive just a bit deeper and we'll talk about letting go of control. Now when I say the word control, many of you are already starting to sweat. You've already begun to feel feverish and you've already said, no, Dawn, I am not coming next Sunday. You've hit an emotional topic for me. 
But if you are sitting here or you're joining us online and you're already considering avoiding a conversation about control, that's the very reason that you need to be here next Sunday. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's focus on the task at hand and uncover what it looks like to travel light and let go of our stuff. There's a statement that helps me understand what letting go of stuff looks like. Maybe it'll help you. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does matter. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does This certainly sounds great on the screen, right? But it's so hard to do because everything around us works to convince us that more is better. More, more, more. More is what you want. Anything less than more is just not enough. So if there's ever been a time in your life where you've wanted more of something, you need to know that wanting more is nothing new and you are not alone today. We can go way back, way back in the Bible and learn a lesson about what can happen when we want more than we need. God's creation of the earth is described in Genesis 1 and 2. And he's placed Adam and Eve in a beautiful garden. And everything is going swimmingly well for them. God has placed them in a place of beauty. A place of abundance. A place of delight. And everything this sweet couple could need is right at their fingertips. They are having the time of their life. And amongst all this goodness, God has given Adam one rule. He has set one parameter around him. Adam and Eve have so much to enjoy, but there's one rule. There's one tree amongst a forest of trees that God has something special to say about. It's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And God instructs Adam not to eat from this tree And Adam shares that with Eve. One day, Eve is out walking in the garden. And the serpent shows up and starts tempting her with more. He tells her that she can have the fruit from this tree, that it's okay to eat it. He tells her that what she doesn't have is what she needs to have. Have you ever had that conversation in your head? Hey, Eve, you can have all the fruit from the garden. And you can have this fruit too. Eve, you know you want it. You know you want more. More is always better, Eve. Just take it. You need what you don't have. And although she had food in abundance, Eve took the fruit. She ate some. She offered some to Adam, and he ate the fruit too. And in just a moment, Adam and Eve unwisely wanted more. And after they took more than they needed, the weight of their decision weighed heavily on them. 
Because Adam and Eve wanted more, they disobeyed God, and they instantly understood the pain that comes from disappointing him, disobeying him. And I wonder at times if we aren't a bit like Adam and Eve. We've grown to believe that more and more is better. We want more stuff than we need. As a young child growing up on a farm, the topic of more was not something I internalized yet. And then I reached my teen years and I began to look at all the girls around me and I wanted the trendy haircut. I wanted the cool designer shoes. I wanted the hunky boyfriend. And I wanted the high-end prom dress. And I even began noticing the ways that our family was different than other families who may have had more than we did. A small example of this is sweets. (laughs) I can remember conversations about sweets in my home. You see, I always wanted more cake, more pie, more cookies, more candy than my mom ever bought at the grocery store. I wanted more. Maybe you have children like this. But extra sweets in our house was a rare thing. And I can remember every Christmas, my mom would make one 9 by 13 inch pan of chocolate fudge. It was so good. And she would cut that 9 by 13 pan into one inch cubes. (laughs) And she'd put that fudge in the fridge. And my sisters and I, we were allowed one one inch cube of fudge a day. And because she cut it this way, she knew, she's so wise, she knew when we went and got more than we were to have. Now, here's where you should be saying, aw, Dawn, and sharing some fudgy sympathy with me. So as an adult, I really crave sweets. And I think it's pretty much because I didn't have them as a child. Any sugary, delicious snack can be a real temptation for me. And I need to put really firm parameters around how much sweets I eat. I'm just being real. It might be a lifelong effort for me. But too much is just not a good thing for me. And I realize that if I can't control the amount of candy that I eat in my life, what other stuff will I want more and more and more of in an unhealthy way? Maybe it's candy. Maybe it could be something else for you. We like our stuff and we like more. Just one handful is never enough. We think that having more than one is always better. If one handful of candy is good, two handfuls is better. If one $10 bill in your wallet is good, two $10 bills is better. If one car is good, surely two cars is better. If you went on one great vacation last year, two great vacations this year is better. If one house is good, 
two houses are better. We want more. King Solomon, in all his wisdom, has something to say about wanting more. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil. It's better to have one and experience calm and satisfaction than have two and be unsettled. Better to have one with peace and contentment than have two and be stressed and overcommitted. Better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. Less of what doesn't matter and more of what does because our life is too valuable, our calling too great, our God too good to waste our lives on stuff that won't last. We are created in the image of the God of the universe and oh, he has so much more in mind for us than our stuff. But this is hard. It's hard to live out Solomon's advice because we think that what we don't have is what we have to have to be happy and satisfied. And traveling light is hard work. But God has some words for us. We're going to look at Luke chapter 12 today. And in this passage, Jesus is talking to a large crowd of people that have gathered around him. And he's going to tell them a parable about stuff. And when Jesus starts this conversation to the crowd, he starts by getting their attention. Are you ready? Watch out! Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, Jesus said. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Can you picture Jesus saying this? It sure sounds to me like it was more than a whisper to the crowd. Jesus was getting their attention because this is important. It was valuable information to the crowd back then, and it's valuable information to us today. Human nature has not changed that much. Be on your guard. Watch out for stuff, Jesus says. And then he goes on to make it practical when he tells the story of a man who had a lot of stuff. A man who was only concerned about his possessions and the stuff he had. A man who was very concerned with I. He goes on to say, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years Take life easy, eat, and be merry. Well, this guy sure sounds like he has it all together. He has more and more and more stuff. He is set for life, and stuff is what's important, right? This man was only concerned about himself. 
his future, his pleasure, his security. He was all wrapped up in what he had. His greed was excessive, and Jesus was telling this parable to teach us that the richness of life is not measured in our stuff. Now, hear me here. Jesus is not saying it's wrong to work hard, to have nice things, to be successful, and to enjoy what we have. A great work ethic is admirable, and we can do a lot with the things that Jesus, that God, blesses us with. We have a God who blesses us, so enjoy those blessings. Jesus is saying, however, don't let the stuff you have have you. Understand that real joy doesn't come from things because things, because stuff, won't last forever. He continues to address this man's mindset. You fool, Jesus says. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. The man in this parable made a fatal mistake. He stored up wealth and possessions on earth, a lot of stuff, and in his desire for two handfuls, he neglected to put God at the center of his life. Stuff was first. And his relationship with God was secondary to all that he owned, all that he stored up, all of his stuff. And because of that, when it came time to stand before God, Jesus says he is nothing more than a fool. This story and the repercussions in it ought to bring chills up and down our spine. The warning is strong. Be careful not to store up earthly wealth at the expense of your relationship with God. Our relationship with God is the most important thing we can pursue. So my friends, we have a choice. A choice between stuff pursuing stuff, or pursuing Jesus. And we will always, always, always be richer when we choose Jesus. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil. Now Christmas can be a challenging time for many of us because we may be wanting more and more things, more and more stuff. And you're not alone if you need help, God's help to draw your eyes away from the things of this world and to him. God is in our corner. And if we ask him, he will help us stand against the temptation for more and more and more. Solomon again helps us find our focus in Psalms 119. And he's talking to God here. And in this prayer to God, he is just saying, God, I want more and more of you. 
Solomon says, God, make me walk along the path of your commands, for that is where my happiness is found. Give me an eagerness for your laws rather than a love for money. God, turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. What would happen if we prayed this prayer leading up to Christmas? How could this prayer help center us and help us focus on God's goodness instead of our stuff? Thinking about these verses, our prayer might sound like this. God, help me keep my eyes on you, not on the things around me that tempt me to want more. Lead me instead to your word and not to the idol of stuff. God, grant me happiness beyond measure as I walk with you and as I work to obey your commands with all my heart. That's my prayer. This was Solomon's prayer. This is what matters. Our happiness is found in Jesus, not in our stuff. So let's just think about what it might look like for each of us to travel light this Christmas. How about presents? Many of us are out buying presents right now. That's great. I love to buy presents. Have fun with that. But can you be released from the pressure of overspending? And can you be released from buying the number of gifts that people think they're going to get from you? Can you travel light with your gifts? Or how about your resources this Christmas? Maybe you're at a place in your life where you finally have a bit of extra and you're pondering a larger purchase. Good for you. But as you're thinking about that car, that home, that house renovation, will you also take time to consider how you can bless others out of your abundance? Perhaps consider giving a little extra to Compassion Christmas this year. And how about traveling light with our timing? Timing is crucial when we think about traveling light. Maybe you're tempted with something that you're just not meant to have right now. The timing isn't right. Finances aren't there. You're not agreeing with your spouse on this purchase. Can you just step back, take it to God, and then reconsider that purchase when the timing feels better? What do you need to pay attention to this Christmas so that all of your happiness is found in God? He has so much more for us than all our stuff. And he wants to be our priority. In her book, I'll Start Again Monday, Lisa Turkhurst helps us understand how we were created for intimacy with God, not for things that won't last. Here's what she says. Our souls have a ravenous intensity. That's how God created us, with a longing to be filled. It's a longing God instilled to draw us into deep intimacy with him. The psalmist expressed this longing as an intense thirst. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. 
If we fail to understand how to fill our souls with spiritual nourishment, we will forever be triggered to numb our longings with other temporary physical pleasures. We are beautifully created to want more than our stuff. My Christmas prayer is that we can travel light and let go of stuff. And thirst instead for more of God's goodness and grace. It's what we were created for. So I want to give you a takeaway today. There's a few practical ways to release yourself from stress and have space for God. Space for God this Christmas. And it's called One Handful Living. One Handful Living means that we throw out, buy less, and we give more. We throw out. Simply put, owning less is better than organizing more. Some of us have a lot of stuff. And there's sentiment attached to that stuff. We know we have too much stuff, but it's hard to give it away because of the sentiment involved. I get that. That was me about six years ago. I was going through box after box of my kids' preschool through college, good stuff. All their essays, all their artwork, all of their uh, projects that they created. And I went to Kmart. Well, there just was no Kmart. I went to Walmart. Kmart went away. I went to Walmart and I got two really nice big tubs and I sat down one weekend and I just started going through each of these treasures of my kids. I might have cried a bit because there was sentiment involved, but I made a pile of keep and I made a pile of throw away and I only kept a sampling of all of their treasures, but I was thankful for those treasures, but then I threw them away. I thanked God for them Then I got rid of them and I kept a great sampling of what my kids created. And maybe it's hard for us to throw away out of fear. We know we have too much stuff, but oh, I might need that thing. Oh, I might need it. If that's you, can you trust that God will meet all your needs? And can you throw those things away or bless those things with someone to someone else? And one handful living means also that we buy less. 62% of people admit to shopping to cheer themselves up. 62%. It's like we feel down, so we go shopping, but then we get into more financial hardship, and oh, that's a hard pattern to break. But God will help us. He has more in mind for us. And when you think about buying less, consider this. Consider experiences over things. I recently asked my two adult kids, tell me what you remember from your childhood. And they got back to me, and what they told me was so interesting. They said, Mom, I remember that vacation to Knoebels. I remember the camper was really hot that one year. Remember the the heater needed to be fixed. Hey, I remember how my tummy felt when I went up and down the Phoenix. Consider gifting experiences over stuff. And let your family talk about those experiences. 
buy less, and then give more. If we were to think about some emotional getting stories in our life versus emotional giving stories, I bet our emotional giving stories would outweigh our emotional getting stories any day. Think about the times when you gave something away and how that made you feel and how that made the other person feel, right? I love getting gifts from family at Christmas, but I have never once cried when I opened a new pair of shoes or a sweater. But when I go through my closet every year and I pull out the clothes, the sweaters that I don't wear, and I put them in a bag and I give them to a girlfriend who could use some new sweaters, and I see her wearing them weeks later, oh, the joy of that giving just spills out of me. Throw out, buy less, and give more. One more thing. If you're still not convinced that it's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does, let me just go one step farther. When one hand is full of your blessings... When one hand is full of the things that God has given you, the other hand is not full. The other hand is available to bless somebody else. Out of your abundance, the other hand is free to lift someone up, to encourage someone else, to give out of what you've been given. Can you think of anything more beautiful Let's consider practicing one handful living as part of traveling light this Christmas. And then consider making it a lifestyle for you and your family. You will find so much joy as you do this. I want you to know you can do this. Better to have one handful with peace, with contentment, with joy with satisfaction, with hope, with an ability to be generous. Travel light. If you'd like to respond to today's message, your sermon action point just helps you think through what would it look like to practice one handful living? Throw out, buy less, give more. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, this Christmas, we know there will be lots of stuff that we're carrying. Things throughout the year just bring us to Christmas Day. And I pray, Father God, that um, today in particular, as we've talked about traveling light, letting go of things that don't matter, and having more of what does matter. I pray, God, that we will keep in mind one handful living. I pray that you will come alongside us and help us to travel light. Make us walk along the path of your commands, for that is where our happiness is found. Give us an eagerness for your laws rather than a love for money. Turn our eyes from worthless things and give us life through your word. In your precious name I pray, amen.
Thanks again for listening. Any step you take towards Jesus is a step in the right direction. You can find out more about us at crbic.org. That's crbic.org. Thank you.